0: Amen. Take your Bibles, and let's open up to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And again, you know, the Bible says that uh, in Acts 14, 26, and 27, when they gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how the Lord had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles, and there they abode a long time. And, uh, you know, the ministry is not built on me. It's built on God And uh, you know we're seeing the power of multiplication, fruit bearing fruit. And now we have 55 grandchildren churches of the 177 started. Our goal is to start 23 more, and then we're asking God for 100 church buildings. Right now we have 75 built, and uh, if we all 12 are built through the end of the end of next year, into September August then uh, that would give us 85. We're asking God beyond that, 15 more church buildings. That's the reason why in the introduction of the PowerPoint, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, I'll answer thee, and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not of. And God can do it. God's able. And uh, I remember going to Washington, Georgia, and uh, standing there in the third floor of Edward McHenry Bounds, E.M. Bounds, the great prayer warrior, and uh, I I went to the very room, and I said, Lord, teach me how to pray, and uh, I want to have the ear of God. I want to see heaven move. I want to see great and mighty things for the glory of God. And, uh, and I went to the cemetery where, where he was buried, and uh, I asked the Lord there, I said, God, teach me how to pray. And I've seen more accomplished by prayer and faith and belief and trust in the power of God. Uh, I don't have it, but God does. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so, you know, without him, listen, I, 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 it's not in education, not in degrees, it's not in man's ability, but it's by thy spirit, saith the Lord, God is able, God can You want to stand and stretch your moment, take your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Amen. And, uh, hey, preacher said to be through by 2 o'clock. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. He didn't know I was like Pharaoh. Pharaoh will not let God's people go. And uh, so anyway, but we got Moses. He'll get us out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I want to read one verse, verse 28, and uh, we'll just give me a few minutes and we'll be through. And we'll turn it back over to the pastor. Notice in verse 28. And the Bible said, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 28, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, notice he said here, the care of all the churches, Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 28. It said, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Father, in Jesus' name, help us today to be a blessing and, uh, and, Lord, we want to be, uh, Lord, an incentive. I pray you'll give us wisdom, direction. Thank you, Lord, for letting us, uh, Lord, uh, rehearse all that God had done with us. And thank you, Lord, for, uh, Lord, what you're doing. And use us to your glory. We'll give God the glory in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look at verse number 24. And, and we find here in Second Corinthians, remember, we remember how that, that uh, Paul wrote there, 1 Corinthians, uh, in, uh, there from Ephesus, around eighty fifty nine they say. And then he wrote 2 Corinthians around AD 60, and uh, from the area of Philippi, or what we call Macedonia, uh, you can go to Acts chapter number 20, and you'll find in verse number 1, he used the word Macedonia. In Acts 20, in verse number 2, he uses the word Greece. And the word Greece there, you'll find, includes that of Corinth. And, uh, and so you'll find that he wrote also there in Acts 20, uh, we believe that he wrote the book of Romans uh, from Corinth. He wrote the book of Galatians from Corinth. And so notice, and there's a reason why I'm saying that, if you look in verse 24, and the Bible said of the Jews five times received I, he said, 40 stripes save one. Now, if you figure that up, uh, you'll find that Paul received 195 lashes. That's staggering to me. That's overwhelming to me. I have never been, of all the travels all over the world, I, I've never found anyone that has received uh, 195 lashes upon their body. If you notice, the Bible said here, he said in verse 25, Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Now we understand the stoning there took place in the Acts chapter number 14. It, that was at the area of Lystra. And we know that it was stoned there. And then all this list here, I don't have time to read it, but you can read it later from verse 24 all the way to verse 27. You know how many, how many things are listed? There's 23 things listed. And in the numbers or numerology, our Bible numbers, 23 means death. Boy, we think about he said here in the book of 2 Corinthians He said, beside those things that are without, that's enough to harness me. That's enough to hinder me or harass me as a a preacher, a child of God. You know, the Bible calls us disciples. It calls us Christians. It calls us believers. It calls us saints. Uh, You'll find there are five titles in the book of Acts. And Jesus gave five titles. Uh, verses related, I believe, is to that of a disciple. You'll find three of them in Luke 14, John 8, you'll find one, John 13, you find the other one. And, uh, and, you know, I want to be a true disciple of the Lord. But notice your Bible said, beside those things that are without, I ask my own self-preacher, uh, what hinders me or what holds me back from serving God? We need a revival of commitment. We need a revival of putting our hands to the pile of God's will and God's word and not looking back. Now, 23 things Paul said here. But I want you to notice here what I want to preach on. Notice what the Bible says. Beside those things that were that, that which cometh upon me daily. Daily. He said, the care of all the churches. The care of all the churches, and you find in the Word of God that uh, you, you find here in verse number 28. He said the care of all the churches and the responsibility and the magnitude of that load and that burden. He said those 23 things. He says, you know, all of that happened. Now, let me I'll give you a thought. If 2 Corinthians was written in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 2, everything he listed in verse 23 down All 23 happened before Acts 20. That was overwhelming to me. The book of Acts does not include that. The book of Acts does not mention everything that happened. Probably what happened, a lot of this took place in the silent years of Paul's life. Now we believe as Paul was that of the hero of Jerusalem and uh, you know he had a he had traveled 150 miles in haste. He's got a caravan of men. He's going to Damascus to bring the Christians back to be persecuted. Acts 9 which we believe was around 80-36 Acts 9 that Saul got saved. He trembling in astonished said Lord what will thou have me to do? And he got saved and the Lord said he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before three categories. The Jews and the Gentiles, and you'll find the church. Well, uh, Jews, Gentiles, and kings. Amen. And which includes the church over right, the Gentiles and the Jews. Amen. Breaking down the middle wall of partition. But then somewhere along that time, we know that God took him, put him into Arabia. Gave him the mystery of the church, the revelation, then brought him back to Damascus. He preached raw boldly out there in Damascus, and then the Damascene Jews tried to kill him. They put him in a uh, in a basket, lowered him down. According to Second Corinthians, you'll find that same passage in verse thirty-two and thirty-three. Josephus, the Jewish antiquity, says probably the king of Arabia, which included Damascus, uh, was A.D. 39. If you back it up to eighty three three years, that puts his conversion to about A.D. 36. And then we believe that he was martyred around A.D. 68. And so 36, 68, 32 years of ministry. 32 years of ministry. Now, the care of all the churches, I believe, incorporates a mandate. When I say I believe it incorporates a mandate, because in the book of Matthew, God said, He said, all nations. Boy, them nations, there's so much. I've done ministry in Lebanon, Egypt, Philippines, Mexico, Asia, and Kenya, Uganda, and America, and uh, and and helping to start uh, church plants. And, and uh, But yeah, there's so much opportunity and so much, listen, uh, that needs to be accomplished, prefacing the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I think about the book of Matthew 28. He said, all nations. In the book of Mark, he said, he said to every creature, everybody needs to hear about Jesus. Those there in Thaddea, those two African cult leaders that got saved, praise the Lord, amen. And he said to every creature, amen. I'm glad God, listen, hey, I'm glad I had a man of God in my life that preached me about the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. I'm glad on September the 8th, 1973, that God saved me. He regenerated me, justified me, sanctified me, and sealed me with the Holy Ghost. And all I said was, God saved me, amen. I'm glad to be saved, amen. But then the book of Mark, in the book of Luke, he said, even so send I, in the book of Luke, he said, 24 Began at Jerusalem, in the book of John 20, he said, even so send I you. All of that incorporates into the area of Acts 1-8. We know that, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me. Now we are a witness of a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're a witness of the power of God. We're a witness, my friend, of a plan that God said, he says, all nations, every creature began in Jerusalem, even so send I you. But that care of the churches included the mandate. When I think about that mandate, I think about also the care of the churches includes the message the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot improve on the message. There's only one message, a risen Savior. There's only one message. Uh, listen, hey, I was not raised in church. I knew nothing about God. My whole family, listen, was blinded and we were really, we were lost without without Christ. And then, because of an uncle that was saved, that stood out in front of my life. When I had overdosed on drugs and almost died, and all that stuff and convulsions, years ago, back in the late, the early 70s, and the late 60s, him. And- and uh, and so it was through all of that that I remember I'd see his life, and I would tell God and say, God, if you let me live, I want you to give me what uh, he has. And and then when I got saved, when I pulled up out there in Brownwood Baptist Church in September the eighth, nineteen seventy three, I walked in preacher that Sunday morning with them platform shoes on, bell brach and breeches, silk shirt, parsley, listen hair down to my shoulders. Oh, did, I almost died on drugs, but that Sunday morning, God saved me, amen, came into my heart, forgave me of my sin. You see, that's the Son of God, amen. That's the message that we're talking about is that, you listen, hey, Jesus can save. Well, but it takes manpower. Now, we know God used Peter in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10. We know God used Stephen, Acts 7. We know God used Philip, Acts 8. God saved Saul, Acts 9, raised him up. And then God gave him a Timothy. And then God gave him a Titus, And then God gave him, if you study the book of Romans, chapter 15, there are 34 personalities. God uses people, amen. God raises up people. I think about that manpower. But anyway, let me finish out with this here. I think about the means of the care of the churches. Can I ask you a question today? Ask you individually. How much do you believe in your prayers? What kind of faith do you have? Do you have dynamic faith? Do you have disciplined faith? Do you have directed faith? Do you have disrupted faith? March of this year, God took and burdened my heart to do something I haven't done. I guess I use that word done. I, mean, I guess that's I all right in grammatical construction of the English language. But I started reading the New Testament every 30 days. I've been reading the New Testament every 30 days, and boy, I'm going to tell you something, it's just looming in my mind and just opened up so much. And, but boy, faith, you know, faith come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I want to have greater faith. I want to have praying faith. I want to have the ear of God, amen. And so I guess really it happened in Mark 9 as I was reading Years ago that God brought me to the place where it said, Lord, I believe. But I came to the place with tears and, Lord, I believe. But you know what I prayed? Help thou mine unbelief. Right. But do I really believe what I'm asking God for? Do I really believe? George Mueller recorded 50,000 answered prayers. 50,000. In the chronology, in the Decalogue of, of the memoirs of his life. And so I read all these books on prayer. And when I think about it, you know, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And I realized, you know, I can't, but God can. And so I formulated a 100 verses I use in my praying. I have a 100 verses I pray in my own, my own life. A lot of time I drive and I pray for hours with those verses in hand. Bashing in heaven. God can. God's able to answer prayers. I said, Lord, we need that money for the land. God, we need that money for them, uh, them chairs. God, we need that money for them tents. God, we need that money for them buildings. And I write them down, and I date them, and I wait on God. That's the reason God said, call unto me. And then he said, I'll answer thee. Do you look for an answer? Do you wait for an answer? Or do we have runaway knocks? You know, the book of Isaiah 52 said, Give him no rest, keep not silence. In the book of Luke, it said that that which of you shall have a friend, and you are the praying friend, and you go to your mighty friend, the Lord, and it's midnight, it's a dark area in your life. Lend me three loaves. I tell the Lord, Lord, I don't have Bibles for Africa. Lord, I don't have money to build them church buildings. Lord, I don't have the money for them tents. I don't have the money for them chairs. I don't have the money for those uh, those chairs and tents. And Lord, I need money for those containers. I don't have the money. And then it said, which of you used to have a friend. You go to him at midnight and say, Friend, leave me three loaves. Then it says, For a friend of mine is coming to me, and I have nothing. I don't have it. I don't have the money for the building buildings. I don't have the money to do these things. But it says, Yet because of his importunity, that means give him no silence, Keep not, uh, give him no rest, keep not silence. That means stay before heaven. Listen, when God puts a burden on you, don't you stop praying for that need until God lifts the burden. You say, Give me an illustration. My, da- my daddy, as far as I know, died and went to hell. My stepdaddy committed suicide, and as far as I know, he died and went to hell. My mother, we went raised in a Christian home. And when I got saved, September the 8th, 1973, uh, my wife to be, I got her in church. She was saved October the first, nineteen seventy-three. We were married August the twenty-seventh, nineteen seventy-four. It was in that same year that God called me to preach. And uh, but what I'm saying, when Mama, when I got saved, God put a burden on me that lasted forty-one years. I couldn't get it, I didn't want it, it wouldn't go away, it just stayed there, it just stayed there. I come back from Africa, we were in the hospital, died, and, I, and they said, your mother's dying, you better get here, and I, I drove there about an hour and a half, I prayed all the way, oh God, don't let mama die and go to hell, and then when I got there, we put pictures, put, we put pictures before of the grandkids on the walls. And I was talking about Africa and about people being saved. And after 41 years of praying, my mother rose up out of that bed and she said, "Richard, I want that." I thought she was talking about the picture. She said, "No. She said, "I want what you've talk been talking about." And she said, "You come over here and lead me to." I went over there after 41 years of praying. And my friend, with importunity, I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't stop charge. I said, God save mother. And on that day, I led my mama to God. You say, how do you know she got saved? The burden God put on me, my friend, when mama got saved. God took that burden off of me. Amen. That's how I know my mama got saved. And then 34 days later, I told that at her funeral. What consolation I had. But boy, them 23 things. I preached in over 3,000 churches in America and around the world since I've been in missions. One of the things we're not seeing, boy, listen, we're not seeing that commitment like we used to see we need people committed. We need people. I uh, Listen, now it's, well, I can't and know, and I don't have time, and I don't want to be involved and get somebody else. But, oh, my friend, to be a true disciple, Paul said those 23 things from without. Ah, uh, he said that's, but it's the, the things that come upon me daily, the care of all the churches, the mandate, the manpower, the message, the means. I don't know how much time we have left. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Jesus said, I must preach the gospel, of the kingdom of other cities, for therefore my sin. The Bible said, he said, he must needs go through Samaria. I must work the works of him that sent me while as day, the night cometh when no man can work. And, boy, we have the door and the window of opportunity. I want my latter years, preacher. You ain't going to believe what I'm fixing to say. I just turned 65. <laughs> People, everybody says, when are you going to retire? I said, what is that? <laughs> retire? I'm not studying my vocabulary. I'm not going to retire. I'm going to refire." Amen. I want my latter years to be the most profitable in my life. I want God to use me. I want to see great mighty things accomplished before the Lord comes and takes the church out. I feel like I'm just beginning. 23 more buildings. Can that happen? The same God that built the 75 can build 23 more. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching in Florida last week. They're the ones that built Berean. They said, man, we want to build another one. I get a call from another pastor in Ohio. said, hey, can we build one of them buildings? I'm preaching in North Carolina. And on the next day, a man calls me and he says, hey, God laid on my heart. Can I build one of them churches in Africa? man, He brought the check up that same day. Call unto me. I'll answer thee, show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not of. The power of prayer. Jesus said, he, I mean, the Bible said in the book of Hebrews 11, verse 1 faith is a substance of things, things not but Faith is a substance of things hoped for. You know, as I, what is my longing? What is my hope? What is my ambition? What is my drive? You know, I don't see it. I don't know where it's coming from. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe. Now, here it is, three words, that he is. You see, that he is. The ability of God and the power of God. I studied church history, a preacher, from years ago. And I studied the lives of all these men, Reese Howells, George Mueller, Ian Bounds, all these great prayer warriors. And how God did great miracles of yesteryear. When we study the immutability of God. God said God hasn't changed. Churches change. Preachers change. The Bible don't change. God don't change. Let me tell you something. That book still alive. Amen. Amen. And and we believe the word of God and we accept the word of God, Amen. And I will listen. I want to learn. I, I'm asking God, teach me how to pray. Help thou mine unbelief? Help me to have greater faith in these last days because of the care of all the churches. Boy, think about Africa and the persuasiveness of heaven and all oh, the responsibility that lies before us. There's so much yet to be done for God. More containers, more tents, more chairs, more buildings. I went out of a physical a while back, and they said, "What's wrong with your foot?" I said, "There's nothing wrong with my foot." He said, "Your foot's going to the right." This one here. I said, "What do you mean it's going to the right?" He says, "Your foot's going to that way." I said, "I guess it's because I've driven a million miles traveling." What stops you? What harnesses you? What hinders you from serving God? What is it? I, my family, I love what the preacher said earlier when God called him and then his wife said, hey, okay, no reluctance, no reservations, whatever the will of God is, 100%. Thank God for commitment. And my wife didn't marry a preacher. And then when I got called to preach, never never had a complaint or a grumble. Always 100% right behind me. You know, this morning, let's all stand. I, I could go on to 2 o'clock, amen. In Africa, hey, there's no limits on preaching. <laughs> in America, amen. (laughs) But I wonder what it is. You know, I want God to use me. I'm glad that God can take somebody like me, which is a nobody. I'm glad God can take an old crooked stick like me. You know, years ago, I was kicked out of high school five times in the 12th grade, snorting cocaine, smoking marijuana. Odeeds almost died, and then God saved me, cleaned my life up. I went back, got my GED, and then went on to Bible college for 13 years over all the times. Pastor 17, and then involved in missions 21, 22 years. But I want to be fully committed. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But I I want to be found faithful, true to this Bible and true to the church and true to God. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and used of the Lord. Let's just take a moment, will you? Let's just come to the altar, everybody, come on. I want you to come and draw nigh to God. Come on, take a moment. Just come down here and gather around the altar. If you can't bow, you can stay there where you're at. It's fine. But if you want to stand before the Lord, you can stand or you can bow, whatever, ever how you're, it's okay. But just tell the Lord, say, Lord, use me. Teach me how to pray, O oh God. Lord, help my life to be totally 100% dedicated for the cause of Christ. Now, I don't know what it is It maybe is it family things, is it fun things? Is it physical things? Is it fleshly things that are holding you back from serving God? I don't know. But put it all on the altar today. Say, God, hear my use for me. Help me not to piecemeal you. Help me to surrender myself wholly to God. Father, in Jesus' name, you know every heart. You know what's needed today. God, I pray that, Lord, it should help us to be a fully Lord, sold out for the cause of Christ. God, I pray that my latter years will be the most fruitful. God, I can't change the past, but I can help shape the future. And, oh, God, I, I'm begging you this morning, God, for them 23 church uh, uh, churches to be started. I'm asking you, God, for them church buildings. And, Lord, I'm praying that, God, it should, uh, Lord, help us with the uh, 12, we're building the 15 yet to come. Lord, I just pray, God, that you'd help us with another container of Bibles. I'm asking you, God, that you'll take and, oh, God, use us for your glory. As Paul said, those things that are without and in the within, the care of the churches. And God, help us that one day when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that we'll have some crowns to lay at His feet. Lord, after the fire, Lord, we'll have... We'll have things that will last. Lord, I pray that you'll meet every need. God, you know every heart. Lord, if there's one here lost today, save that soul, I pray. Help them accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We'll give God the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.